Hey, I'm Ella Gray, and welcome back to the Key of E podcast. This week, I'm going to be talking about AJR's most recent album, which is called The Maybe Man. Almost a year ago, I recorded my series on AJR, and I went through each of their albums. I talked about the concert, talked about how I found their music, and yeah, I mean, they've just been such a pivotal part of my life, and I think they kind of defined my music taste and then kind of, you know, got me into, like, indie, and, I mean, I've just learned so much about producing my own music and finding sounds that I really like, and so when this new album came out, I was like, well, I have to talk about it, even though, you know, the AJR series is done, I still want to make an episode about it and just kind of make it like a one-off little episode because this album has some great songs. Me and my friend David, who he was on back in September, I think, we talked about The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, and we broke down the whole thing. You can listen to that. It's pretty good. Um, He's real smart. He's like an English major, some smart person things. And so me and him talked about this album a little bit over the phone. He lives in another state, but we were just like discussing it because he really likes it. And this album kind of got him into AJR too. And so we were just discussing some of the the themes and the, the concepts and just kind of like the overall, I guess, idea of the album and what it's trying to convey, I think. When I was doing the research for this album, I was trying to see what the fans had been saying, what people had been saying, the reviews that it's gotten, and I realized, like, how much hate is online, and it will forever shock me how far people will go to hate on something, that they will, like, spend their time to seek out a specific edit or just post by you know, whoever they're hating on. And then they'll go into the comments and find someone being like, oh my gosh, this song changed my life. And they're like, this changed your life? This song did? Okay. Or they'll just like, I don't know, go into a comment section. And honestly, like, I'm such an opinionated person. And I'm sure I've been very harsh in the past. But I would never take that energy and put it online. I try not to, you know, even just like speaking that negativity out into the world just like feels bad. But like if you're sharing your opinion, cool. If your friends ask you, go and share it. But it's like to bring that online into a space, into a community that is trying to just like share love about said artist or even just like anything, any any type of creative idea that isn't hurting anybody as long as it's not hurting anybody just let people have their fun I think because then on the other side it's like people will argue back and be like no this actually does like they'll they'll just argue online and you're giving them exactly what they want I don't have the energy or the time to argue back with people as much as I love to argue and I love to talk back I would definitely not do it online Unless I know the people and we are in person, then yeah, we can have a healthy debate and talk about either sides and argue either sides and see both sides. But like, it's just not worth arguing online because you're never going to change people's minds. I just, it's as much as I want to argue and share my side, 
I know deep down that I'm not going to change anybody's mind because they're already really set in their ways unless they ask me, hey, Ella, what's your opinion on this? And I know it's a safe space and I'm not going to get backlash. Then yeah, of course I'm going to share. Duh. But it just makes me sad um, that people are so, I guess, hateful, but it's like it's like a petty type of hate that you will search out people online and then go into their comment sections and be like this is ridiculous I can't believe you like this and just kind of like putting people down it's like just go outside I don't know it was just kind of baffling to me and I know this has been going on for like ever obviously but it's just like for me like I really don't like country music and I live in the south so like I should like it it's everywhere I go And when I'm in the car with my friends and they want to listen to country, it's not really what I would choose to put on, but I'm not going to sit in the back with my arms crossed and just like pouting until they change it. Or even if I'm in the car with people I don't know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sing along with the songs that I know and have fun. But even if I'm in a room with people that I don't know, I'm not going to be like, can you change it? And that's what I imagine people are doing online. Like they're getting a little frustrated whenever like, an AJR video pops up on their feed or like a Taylor Swift edit comes up on their For You page. And it's like, just scroll and take a breather. And honestly, maybe get off your phone for a little bit. I've been trying my best recently to, because when I pick up my phone and I don't have anything to do, I just go to TikTok and then I just start scrolling. And is that the healthiest thing to do? No. And the app is designed to be scrolled through and the algorithm is made to frustrate you in a way and so they know oh this person has reacted to this before and left a comment let's show them more of that said thing because the algorithm knows hey you interacted with it I'm going to show you more little does the algorithm know it's making this person angry and making them lash out on people and platforms that they're really not even involved in and so now instead I've just been like, okay, maybe I'll read a book. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'll go on a walk outside because I'm just trying every day. It's a battle to develop yourself a little more. But yeah, I think if you feel, because I get super frustrated with TikTok sometimes and deep down I'm like, man, I just wish I could leave a comment. But what is that going to do? Because nobody's asking me. So I always say just as long as somebody's opinion and something that's bringing somebody joy isn't hurting anybody, then let them have their fun. I always say this with Swifties, like, I'm not, uh, sorry to talk about Taylor Swift all the time, but, you know, I'm not one of those Swifties who makes, like, theories and, like, figures out all of the Easter eggs, and I think I said this on my Harry Styles episode and my Olivia Rodrigo episode, but I was like, I don't really know, like, a whole lot of like the lore behind all these people and I don't like make these theories just because I'm just not good at it but if you do and you're not hurting anybody then have so much fun with it just as long as you're not hateful and I know I don't have to tell everybody this I'm sure everyone listening is like yeah we know we're we're, (laughs) we know to be nice like thanks thank you miss Ella for for being our little elementary school teacher but it's just like I don't know I was just kind of baffled at like the hate but guess what the world is an evil place I mean everyone's you know negative sometimes but I don't know I just don't think like just don't let it discourage you and don't let somebody else ruin something that brings you joy especially if it's a really healthy thing like music just keep liking what you like and don't let anybody tell you otherwise 
And yeah, anyway, wow. <laughs> I'm gonna actually get into the album now, 10 minutes in. I legitimately thought that this album was called The Maybe Men, as in like multiple men, because there's multiple men in AJR, until the album came out, all of the promo, I read it and my brain was like, no, that says men. And I was like, oh, okay, it's men. Um, I was wrong. It came out and I was like, oh, this is man. I love just like the general, I guess, aesthetic of this album. <laughs> I love the album cover. I think it shows each of their personalities very well. I have this album on vinyl. It's like a gray, like a clear gray. I think it's called like smoke colored pressing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I was excited to get that. Um, my dad got that for me for Christmas and he took me to the OK Orchestra concert in 2022 and he really liked it and that got him into AJR. And so that's just a cool thing that we got to, I guess, like bond over because he really likes their their lyrics and he's a, a production design guy. So he was like geeking out over their their use of visuals. And yeah, so it was really fun. So we're going this July to the Maybe Man tour and I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. I made bracelets to hand out because I do that now for every concert ever and it, it makes me happy. So anyway, let's get into track one, which is the title track, Maybe Man. Even though a lot of their albums have an overture, Living Room has an overture, The Click has an overture, OK Orchestra has the OK overture, I feel like Neo Theater, their track one being next up forever, it feels the same as an overture. It's setting up the album. It's like, here's everything we're going to do. And then it connects back into the finale of Neo Theater where it's repeating some of the lines. It's, it's set up like... A musical like a piece of a theatrical show and honestly even though track one on this album isn't called an overture it still feels like an overture because every couple lines relates to another song and it all comes back together and repeats itself and kind of has a conclusion in the last song, which we'll get to later. So I'm going to go through each of the lines and talk about which songs they relate to and try and explain it. I always try and explain it like as if somebody doesn't know this album or has never listened to it. I just want them to like listen to me talk about it and then maybe give it a listen afterwards. The first couple lines in this song say... Wish I was a stone so I couldn't feel. You'd yell in my face, it'd be no big deal. But I'd miss the way we make up and smile. Don't want to be stone, I changed my mind. I mean, just like the the thought immediately switching. It just puts this whole thing together that's like, I wish I was stone. Wish I couldn't feel anything. Actually, no, I'm, I changed my mind. This whole, like, not being able to make a decision and literally having maybe said multiple times in this album and in the promotion for the album it just proves that like 
no one knows what they want ever and I always do this all the time we're like I'll ask my parents for their opinion on something when really what I want is for them to like make my decisions for me and then my mom will be like well what do you think and I'm like no don't do that choose for me <laughs> she's like well you have to be an adult and make your own decisions because <laughs> that's a part of growing up but I'm like I don't want it to be I really would like you to make my decisions for me because that's a lot easier. Anyway, so the I Wish I Was Stone line relates to the next song, track two, which is Touchy Feely Fool. That song's kind of about being envious of the other character in the song and just wishing like, God, you are so unfazed by this. Like, are we going through the same thing right now? Like, why aren't you upset or mad? Like, how are you feeling nothing. How are you completely numb to this? I wish I could be like you, but I'm not. And we'll get to all of these songs as we keep going, but that's just the general idea that that line relates to is track two, which is Touchy Feely Fool. The next line in the song says, I wish I had eyes in the back of my head. Then I could see the places I've been, but then I would know that you're talking shit. I don't want to know what my friends think. And that line is referencing, yes, I'm a mess because the whole kind of point of that song is like everybody's opinions about about you and how they kind of catch up to you and people are going to share about what they think of you and just kind of the idea of like what if I just didn't care what if I just threw it all away and just didn't care what everybody said but like obviously things that people are are telling you sometimes is constructive criticism and then other times is just uncalled for wish I were my dog out on the lawn I'd be so glad when I hear you come home, but if I were my dog, I wouldn't live long. I'm sure gonna miss her when she's gone. That line relates to turning out part three, where the line talks about my dog's always happy when you're home, just kind of like when you realize everything's falling into place with a person that you love, and even your dog is like dropping hints like, hey, you got a good one here. I wish I could act in a show on TV, because then I could practice not being me. I'll practice my cry and put it into my reel, but you won't believe me when I cry for real. That line is referencing Steve's going to London, where it kind of talks about, like, wouldn't it be nice to see me on TV? I would look like I'm all put together, and you would think, oh, that's, that's how he really is all the time, but it's not true. It's all just an act. I wish that my brain would triple in size. I'd nail every joke, I'd win every fight, but I'd get too deep with that kind of mind. I don't want to know the point of life. And then, I feel like this is one of the more obvious connections, but that line relates to the dumb song. Talking about the pros and cons of living in just blissful ignorance. In some other life, I would be rich. I'd travel in style, I'd cover the bill. But couldn't complain about anything small, nobody'd feel bad for me at all. That line references hole in the bottom of my brain, just kind of talking about how you fill the void inside of you with money. If I was cocaine or a bottle of Jack, I'd get invited to every frat. But when you get old and your good days are past, you'll only want me when you're sad. That relates to the DJ is crying for help. Just kind of talking about like what you do after you graduate college, the things that you used to rely on like parties and alcohol and all that doesn't really help you in the long run especially when he says can I get hired I've got no skills except getting high wish I was a song your favorite one you'll follow the dance to me at your prom I would be there when your baby is born for two or three minutes then I'm gone 
that's referencing the line in I Won't, which says pretty people yell at me to follow the dance. I wish I was big, as big as my house. I'd sleep on the trees. I'd skip every crowd, but I wouldn't fit on my therapist's couch. God, I could really use him now. That connects to a part in the bridge of inertia where it says, I wish I was big like my plans, so why am I so tiny and why am I so mad? This is one of my favorite parts in this song. The build of this song, I think, production-wise and the way that he skips the octave and jumps up, it just, like, I don't know, it, it feels so cinematic. And I feel like I say this with a lot of AJR songs. They're so good at telling a story. And so now you kind of feel this, like, weight on your chest, I think, in this part. And the part where it's saying, I wish I was God, and you can, like, hear the thunder in the background of, like, I think we all f imagine, like, if we were in control of everything, we would have everything figured out, but, like, at the end of the day, we're still human. I wish I was God, I never trip up, and if I did, well, so fucking what? I could be cruel and break all your stuff, yeah, I'd be loved. Which this whole kind of section about wishing you were God kind of relates to the second to last song on the album, which is God is Really Real, which kind of just expresses this whole idea that's like desperate people find hope in some sort of higher power and it takes kind of like a life-threatening or really traumatic event to just kind of, I guess, make you question maybe I should cling on to the hope that there is someone who's got this whole plan for me and that this is all in someone else's hands that hopefully this isn't some sort of weird twisted fate for me that someone's got a plan out there somewhere and then to end off the song we have I wish I was me whoever that is I could just be and not give a shit hey I'll be whatever makes you a fan because I don't know who the hell I am Let's move on to track two, which is Touchy-Feely Fool. When this song first started, when I listened to it for the first time, kind of production-wise sounded like Bummerland. I think maybe the beat is making me think that. I, I like this song. I think it took me a little bit to, like, kind of recognize what it was about. Not to get too really deep into it, because um, it's not my story to tell. And also, you know, I don't know any of these people personally, but there's been a lot of talk that this is has something to do with... I mean, clearly it's somebody that, you know, the brothers are close to who's kind of affected them and... I guess kind of ruined their image of them and idea of them and also I think there's a lot of like legal stuff going on they were referencing figuring out all that they were talking about um that a little bit on the Zach Sang interview and so I was like also it's not even my story to tell so but I think this is really relatable for anybody listening because it's just kind of talking about the idea of like 
when is this going to be something that I laugh about with all my friends? When am I going to look back and when is this going to be a funny story I tell? This thing that has affected my life, this situation I'm in, this person I know, etc., anything like that, this circumstance, when am I going to be laughing about it? Because I think they talk about this idea in, obviously, 100 Bad Days. Some time has passed where now it makes a good story. This feels like the more grown-up version of 100 Bad Days where they're kind of realizing, like, this is a bad year. So when does a whole bad year, 365 bad days, when does that make a good story? How much time has to pass before this feels like forever ago and it doesn't sting like it does right now? Well, I'm not too superstitious, but I knock on wood a lot. Pray and I wake up tomorrow and get the guts to tell you off. But I know I'll never get there. You could scream you wish me dead. But I'll crawl back to you tomorrow. Why the hell can't I get mad? Someday, won't this be funny? Well, I want it funny now. Man, I want to laugh so loud. Someday, won't this be long ago? I want to feel that now. Sorry if I can't see how. I'm screwed. But hey, what can you do? I'm a touchy-feely fool. I would give anything to not give a shit about you. Life is pretty cruel for a touchy-feely fool. I would give anything to not give a shit, but I do. I think this is so relatable, especially when you see, like, either, like, after a breakup, honestly, after, whether that's, like, a romantic breakup or a friendship breakup, when you look at people from the outside and you're like, how are they doing that? Like, it's been, like, a week and they're already, like, going out and having fun. Like, how did, how did you do that? I'm still in my bed. Like, how did, how did you do that? Or even especially if this really does have to do with family, I think a lot of people can relate it to, like, I don't know, like, you see a family member at a family reunion, and they're all, like, cordial, and they're like, hi, oh my gosh, how are you doing? Like, how are you doing that small talk? How are you doing that? Because my face is getting red, (laughs) and I'm, and I, and I, the only thing I want to do is, like, run out of the house. So it's like, how do you do that? And can you teach me? Because... I want to be in that headspace you're in, where you're just, like, all cordial, and it's like, small talk is the easiest thing you've ever done. I hate small talk. I can't do it. It feels unnatural, like something you have to do. You have to get it out of the way and talk about, oh, what are you doing? Are you still working there? That's good. Like, oh my gosh, it's exhausting. In verse two, we have Well, I'm not too claustrophobic, but I lose my breath sometimes. Now I can't even talk to you. Now your lawyers talk to mine. Could you teach me to be ruthless? Could I be unfeeling too? Maybe someday when I'm older, I'll be better off like you. I'm better off a stick. I'm better off a stone. I'm better off a jerk. I'm better off alone. I'm better not feeling stress or feeling bliss. I won't feel much. At least I won't be feeling this. That line really connects the dots where you can tell that the first line in track one maybe man really relates to this song where it's like i wish i was a stone so i couldn't feel i would be anything that makes these feelings go away and i can sleep through the night i can go about my day i can leave my house
I think there is an overall consensus among the AJR fans that Inertia is definitely a fan favorite, and most people say that it's their favorite on the whole album, and I can agree, this is definitely my favorite song. I had a feeling this was going to be my favorite because we kind of have a little bit of an inside joke in our family about the word inertia because my dad when he I feel like I've told this story before um forgive me if I have when he gets a new like keyboard or computer or like I don't even know if he's seeing if a pen works (laughs) he'll write out inertia I think a normal person would maybe write out their name or write like hi or just like type random letters but he writes inertia I really don't know why because I don't think he really knew what it meant because one time we were talking about it with like my whole family and we were like do you know what that means and he was like maybe it's something like physics or engineering he knew it was like a science word (laughs) and so it's like it's his favorite word I guess and I guess now he knows what it means I'm assuming and so we got the track list and I was like in the other room and I was like oh my gosh it's your favorite word what a random word he's been doing this forever that's not a word you hear quite often unless you're in like I don't know I guess I heard it in my seventh grade science class um but an object in motion stays in motion unless something sets it off course, interrupts it, gets in the way. So I think that that's an interesting concept for this song. This song is kind of talking about how we all wake up, do very mundane things. We brush our teeth, we put on our clothes, we take the dog out, we drive to work, we do the work, we come home, we eat, go back to sleep. And then the weekend is like a thing that we look forward to and we're like, yay, I finished my week. Cool, let's do it all again. So I think we rely on those routines because we're human and we like the consistency, at least I do. I really like um, the idea of my world could be falling apart, but I still have to like... Like, I can still rely on, like, I can rely on little things. I can rely on, um, the sun's gonna come up, you know? I can rely on, um, my dog will be in my room to wake me up in the morning. So, it's like, those kind of things that stay the same. Like, we rely on those things, because other things change. But then on the other side, these routines make us feel so trapped. And I've been feeling like this recently, because... All of the work that I do, or at least a lot of it, um, I do from my house. And both of my parents work from home. So I'm just like, how do you guys do it? Because I feel like I am stuck in my house. I can leave, but where am I going to (laughs) go? I don't have anywhere to go. So I've been trying to like walk around my neighborhood and just doing anything I can to get me out of the house because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I feel like 
I don't even know. I'm like trapped in my own brain because I'm trapped in my in my own room. This song starts off with, I've worn the same skinny jeans since I was 15. It's probably nothing. My friends say they're quitting this week to chase down their dreams. They're probably bluffing. Don't you like it big or better, but you do what you can. Don't you like a little better when you don't understand? I was going to save the planet, but today I got plans. I guess this is just what I am. I'm an object in motion. I've lost all emotion. My two legs are broken, but look at me dance. I'm an object in motion. Don't ask where I'm going, because right where I'm going is right where I am. It's inertia. You said you'd break up with her, but she met your family and dating's the worst. Now you're not in love anymore, but you'll stick it out for like 20 years more. I want to move out of this town, but everyone knows me and packing is tiring. It's inertia. Guess this is just what I am. I'm stuck in this life and I'm stuck in these pants. I love that line because it kind of brings it all back to the first thing where it's like, not only have I been doing the same thing every day, I've been wearing these same jeans for more than a decade. I don't change anything. What do I do? What have I done in 10 years? I'm wearing the same clothes. Nothing has changed. We also have a key change. We love. It wouldn't be an AJR album without a key change. I'm stuck in this life and I'm stuck in these pants. Let's move on to talk about turning out part three. Man, the turning outs hit really hard because the other two, turning out part one and turning out part two, they don't have a conclusion. There's not really an end and therefore there's not really hope, I guess, at the end. It's just kind of like, I guess we'll wait and see. This one ends a little bit different and I think it just continues the story so nicely and I could see this being the last part in I guess the the trilogy what is now a trilogy of of turning outs it would be really cool to see like a short film got it out of my system didn't I did my two years on tinder didn't I well I wanted to be wanted suddenly I'm wanting more so we got a bit tangled didn't we it's the best thing that's happened to me got exactly what I wanted what if I don't want this? Am I missing something? Because half the time, I can't love right. And I can't have sex and we both get quiet. I like that line because, first of all, it's vulnerable. I think you could take it two ways. My original thought was like, I can't deal with the awkwardness of like, after we are literally like, being the most intimate versions of ourself. And then a silence falls over the room. 
how do you go on from there, I guess? What do you talk about? Do you sit in the silence? Is the silence comfortable? So I just thought about that awkwardness of like kind of a new love and then kind of relating it back to turning out part one where it's like, I thought the birds would sing and sparks would fly, but it's just quiet because I think like in movies we see a very um, picture perfect idea of like this perfect sexual experience and then it's done and they're like, I love you. I love you. We're going to be in love forever. And I think a very fine line is like awkward silence and then silence that makes sense because you love each other and you're comfortable in that silence. So that was the first way I took the line. But then there was an interview where they kind of explained the line and they were like saying, what happens if you can't perform for your partner? Are you insecure because then you blame yourself or your partner blames themselves. They're like, I'm not good enough for you. And then you blame yourself. You're like, I'm not good enough either. So it takes a relationship that's really hard to find where it's like you're comfortable with each other and it's okay and it doesn't ruin anything. So I liked that you can interpret it in your own way, I think, because that's a really vulnerable thing to I think explain in a song because because a lot of the songs that we hear um, mainstream are like painting sex in this really like and we're perfect and we're and we all know what to do and we're all perfect but it's like I think there's a lot of growth that happens with anybody that you're with however long you've been with them um or anyone you know you come across where it's like you learn along the way nobody knows really what they're doing and so it's nice to hear a song that's like hey it's okay to be insecure it's okay to not know what you're doing um especially since it's really like taboo to talk about and you're not alone um we're all growing up we're all trying to figure ourselves out and who we are and it's also talking about I think kind of like um growing in your own security and also feeling secure with your partner in the chorus we have oh my god what a crazy mind it'll be fine quick let's get married man i wish we were 85 the rest of our life wouldn't sound so scary oh i'm spiraling now let's get kids in a house though i'm riddled with doubt is this how we turn out i love how you laugh when we're alone how my dog's always happy when you're home but my parents used to laugh too, and I think they had a dog. But you're late and you're messy, aren't you? And I need too much attention from you. Though we shrug it off as nothing, life is pretty long, it could turn into something. I feel like no matter what you do, you're gonna have doubts, because our brains are designed to most of the time see both sides. And I think a lot of the time we're preparing ourselves for what if, and I think, I can't really speak on this much, because um, I haven't really lived through it, but it's crazy how when you're a kid, I think, to watch your parents separate, um, I can imagine that, obviously, <laughs> you know, I don't have to tell you this, but it's going to affect how you love somebody in the future, because half the time I can't love right, 
and I'm half yours, and you're all mine. That line's interesting, because when I first heard it, I thought he was saying, I'm half yours, like, you only want a part of me, and you're all mine. Like, you only want a part of me, and I want all of you. But then when they explained it, they said, I'm half yours, and you're all mine, meaning it's hard for me to give all of myself to you, but you've given all of yourself to me, and I love all of you, but what if I give all of myself to you, and you're not happy with what you get? I love the samples of the original Turning Out and Turning Out Part 2 in the bridge gives me the chills every time. This last little outro part, I think, sums everything up perfectly. Where, you know, in the first song, the whole idea of turning out is like, you say I turned out fine, I'm still turning out. I'm not done yet. I'm not done growing. Second part we have, is this all that life's about, trying to love how you turn out? I don't, I don't like it much at all. And then in this song, it's like, one day at a time, let's do today, I think you'll turn out to like it. So I think it gives a little bit of hope that's like, hey, love isn't what you see on TV. It's different for everybody. Don't overthink it. One day at a time, kid. Add up the days you got someone to do life with. Don't overthink it. It's not fucking science. Add up the days you got someone to do life with. Don't overthink it. One day at a time, kid. Add up the days you got someone to do life with. Love isn't big, kid. It's little and quiet. Let's do today. I think you'll turn out to like it. I already feel like this episode is so long. Thank you for sticking with me. We're like maybe halfway. Next, I'm going to talk about hole in the bottom of my brain. Man, this song is so wordy. I have to memorize it before we go to the show. There's a hole in the bottom of my brain. But when I party, the hole goes away. But the party I throw needs a picture to post so the world knows the party was great. There's a hole in the bottom of my brain, but when you like me, the hole goes away. So there's likes and hellos on a post on my phone of the party I throw in the hole in the bottom of my brain. This song has three key changes. It starts in G, then it goes to A, then it goes to B. Oh my gosh. There's a hole in the bottom of my brain but when you love me, the hole goes away. And the likes on my phone, yeah, they'll start to explode. If I go and explode in LA, there's a hole in the bottom of my brain. If I make money, the hole goes away. Now there's a thing made of gold in a house that I own.
from a song that I wrote about likes and hellos on a post on my phone (laughs) of a party I throw in the hole in the bottom of my brain. There's a hole in the bottom of my brain. When I spend money, the hole goes away. If I finally get clothes that are fancily sewn, I could finally be ready for fame. There's a hole in the bottom of your brain. When you get famous, the hole goes away. Now there's coke on the nose of a bro I don't know, in a showroom of clothes that were fancily sewn, in a town that I loathe, on a coast that gets stoked, on a thing made of gold in the home that I own. From a song that I wrote about likes and hellos, on a post on my phone of a party I throw. But I know I'm alone, now I know I'm alone, in the hole in the bottom of my brain. of your brain when you get famous the hole goes away now this coke on the nose of a bro i don't know in a showroom of clothes that were fancily sold in a town that i love on a coast that gets stoked on the thing made of gold in a home that i own from a song that i wrote about likes and hellos on a post on my phone of a party i throw but i know Let's talk about the DJ is crying for help. I love this song. I feel like I can relate to this song. I think I've said that about every song, but I'm in this weird in-between place where I'm like legally an adult. Why didn't they teach me what to do now? Why didn't anybody tell me? what insurance is, why do I still not know how insurance works, why does it cover some things and not other things, (laughs) why is food so expensive also, why can I memorize the words to any song but I can't memorize any of the important numbers that I should know so I can pay for things, why, yep, anyway, um, that's a whole nother episode, things that I don't understand. It just has nothing to do with music. It's just me talking about things that I don't understand and then hoping people can help me. Anyway, in this song we have hired, hired, can I get hired? I got no skills except getting high. I'm trying. I can start Friday. You've wasted your life, but thanks for applying. Hey now, hold up. We were fun as hell. I'm all grown up, but you couldn't tell. Now I don't know what to do with myself. You got older because you're good at life. I'm all 17 at 35. Now I don't know if there's anything else. The DJ is crying for help. The DJ is crying for help. The DJ is crying for help. Don't know what to do with myself. I like the idea that like the person throwing the party or the DJ or the person on stage is the saddest person in the room. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of like also somebody like kind of peaked in high school or peaked in college and now they're coming down from it and they're like, oh my gosh, what do I, what do I do next? What happens now? 
I also really love the line in the second pre-chorus that says, getting a life's a little like dying. Let's talk about Steve's going to London. Steve's going to London. Sean's stuck in a suit. Tom sleeps on his best friend's lawn like every other afternoon. Steve's going to London. There's a lot of characters, people, I'm assuming are real people that are being discussed in the chorus and i'm trying to find out who got the worst i guess like hand in this scenario we have steve's going to london sean's stuck in a suit tom sleeps on his best friend's lawn like every other afternoon steve's going to london dan peed in the pool tom fell for his best friend's mom but what the hell are you gonna do Okay, well, Steve, he's just going to London. He's fine. He got it. He got it good. He's he's all right. Um, Sean, I guess he he's all right too. Hey, at least Sean's in a suit. You know what I mean? You know how like hard it is to get dressed up. Anyway, then like, why did they have to like throw Dan under the bus? They were really like, what if Dan was like, why'd you have to tell people I I I peed in a pool? But then, but then Tom, not only does Tom sleep on his best friend's lawn every other afternoon just three days a week he's just sleeping on his best friend's lawn but he also fell for his best friend's mom do you think it was the same the same mother the mother of the lawn that he was sleeping on also like did the mom like him back i just have so many questions tom is catching strays i'm sorry tom um, imagine you're, like, listening to the song, and, you know, I think Steve's their manager. He's like, oh my god, I was going to London. Sean's like, I was stuck in that suit. Oh my god, forgot about that. And then Tom's like, why did you have to write that? Why did you have to put that? Why did you have to add that? And they're like, well, we just needed a rhyme. And he's like, no, <laughs> no. In the verses, we have, look around, wouldn't it be nice for someone to miss ya? Funny how all the things that you used to like, now they depress you. While you try to find some meaning in your life before it's gone, there's a song that don't mean anything at all. I love the idea that, like, this song is just a song about nonsense. Because there's a lot of songs on this album that talk about, like, really heartbreaking things. Like, God is really real. Touchy-feely fool. Um... And they sound fun. They sound really fun. Well, God is really real doesn't, but like inertia sounds fun and hole in the bottom of my brain sounds like fun. They all sound like fun songs, but they're like all fairly sad. And so this one sounds happy. And it also was just like, hey, whatever. This song doesn't even mean anything anyway. That was the real me. Why you try to find some meaning in your life before you die? Is it by your random shit to waste your time? And it sounds like he's going to London. Sean's 
They mentioned in an interview that this song is the only one off of the album that their dad didn't get to hear before he passed away. And they were like, I wonder what he would think. And they were like, he'd probably hate it. But I'm like, I really wish that Gary got to see everybody sing this live because I think that it would be um, really fun. This is going to be a fun one to hear live. And he will. What the hell you gonna do? I guess you could call this the bridge we have i try hard to write a cool song so i start with something simple like trying to put my shoes on now something kind of clicked because you relate a bit but no one's gonna listen to a shoe song i try hard to write a cool song but i gotta make it matter so maybe i'll throw the news on could i relate the shoes to 2022 or maybe an election down in tucson i try throwing something cool on so i'm listening to kendrick and playing the swimming pool song but why did i do that because now I hate my track. I'm quite aware I'll never write a cool song. But who really needs a cool song? There's so many different melodies. Why do you need a new one? So stop writing a song about writing a song. You're losing their attention, buddy. Move on. Let's talk about God is really real. My dad can't get out of bed. There's something in his lungs. I think that's what the doctor said. I gotta leave for Paris now. My band goes on at 10 and my dad can't get out of bed. The earth is spinning like it always did. The New York Times is publishing some real important thing. And each day when the world wakes up, their lawns will still be wet, and my dad can't get out of bed. There's robots that are way too good at art, and everybody's sad now and trying to get to Mars. Don't wanna hear your problems, cause there's just one in my head, and he can't get out of bed. What if we could break you out tonight? This kind of thing happens to other dads. It don't happen to mine. I'll distract the doctors. We could sneak out with your meds. You could come along and be a roadie for the band. Come on, dad, get out of bed. Now it's late, I really gotta go. And we can't face our feelings, so we're making lots of jokes. And we won't cry about it. No, we'll be manly men. I love you sounds all corny, so I wrote this song instead. I'll sing it for you, dad, when you get out of bed. I'll sing for you when you're out of bed. God is really real when you really, really need him. Karma just appears when you suddenly believe it. Hear it loud and clear just as long as it's convenient. Life's fucking long till it stops. And God's fucking fake till he's not. There's not really much I can say as an analysis. I think it all just kind of says it for itself. Um, you should never have to write this song or go through this um, kind of thing. I think it's going to help so many people. It already has helped so many people to be able to listen to this and to think of this idea that, like, I guess, worst case scenarios and last... Um, options where it's like we take each day for granted we spend with our parents with our friends so what used to seem like big things start to seem really small comparatively um it takes a 
life-changing moment for you to realize the things that are really important to you. Let's talk about the last song, which is 2085. If somebody told me I'd die at 40, I wouldn't have spent my time in bed. Writing my dumb songs and my growing up songs, I should have just grown up instead. Now all of the interns are no longer interns. How long have I been out of town? Because sometimes I wonder if I had kissed her, how different life would be right now. So finish your work now. It's getting warm out. If you got friends, don't let them leave. I turned 20-something. It didn't mean nothing, because not one of them were there to see. And go tell your grandsons to go tell their grandsons. You don't have to try so hard, you know. Because I spent my whole life trying to be so liked. That only made them hate me more. So then the song kind of fades into, I guess, almost like a maybe man reprise in a way, where they say, I wish I was me, whoever that is. I could just be and not give a shit. Hey, I'll be whatever makes you a fan, because I don't know who the hell I am. I think it's too late to figure this out. If I could be me, I would have been it by now. Maybe I'm a stone or as big as my house. It looks like our time is running out. So if this is me, then I'll do my best. I'll take all the shit so you never have to. You can be you, and I'll be the rest. Yeah, maybe that's who the hell I am. I think that is the conclusion. The answer is a little bit, I guess, unclear. Every day you're going to figure out a little more about who you are. But they come to the conclusion like, hey, I have an audience. I'm going to keep saying what I have to say, and I'm going to keep making art that people can relate to. That's who I'm supposed to be. That is my purpose. I think that this album really talks about finding a purpose, finding hope in little things and also big things, and continuing to keep moving every day. And then eventually you'll look back years later and you'll realize, hey, I kept going. I kept moving. I wish I was me, whoever that is I could just be and not give a shit Hey, I'll be whatever makes you a fan Cause I don't know who the hell I am I think it's too late to figure this out If I could be me, I would have been it by now Maybe I'm a stone, oh big is my house It looks like our time is running out So if this is me, then I'll do my best I'll take all the shit, so you never have So you can be you, and I'll be the rest You may be that too
this line, you gotta get better, you're all that I've got. When I first heard it, I think I originally thought of them saying it to their dad, I think. I thought, like, whenever their dad got sick, they were immediately struck with this idea of, like, what what are we gonna do? Force comes to worst, and we have to be without him. So I think I thought about that originally, and then I thought of us singing that back to them, as stupid as that sounds. Like, hey, we know you had the worst year ever, and we know that it was awful, but you gotta get better and make some art about it because we need this from you. And then the next line being, I've gotta get better, I'm all that I've got, I think um, was one of those where it like, I don't know, hit so hard um, where it's like, oh, (laughs) I do have to get better because I am the only thing that I have. I am in charge of my own self. I have to do these little tiny things each day and these big things and make big decisions because I have to get better. I have to love myself and take care of myself. And that line will forever give me chills because I have to get better. There are people out there who love me and care for me and I don't want to let them down and I don't want to let myself down because I know what a good version of Ella looks like and I want to be, I want to go back to her. Whenever I have hard seasons, I know that she's in there and I want her to come back. I don't have to be 100% happy all the time because I won't be, um, but I will find joy in little things like music, writing things down. I will find joy in those things, going to shows, going to concerts, because ultimately, I think you you are in charge of taking those next steps because you have to get better. You are all that you've got. Gotta get better, I'm all that I've got For two or three minutes then I'm gone Thank you so much for listening. Um, That was a really long episode. I feel like I had a lot to say. I hope that these songs mean something to you. I hope that you maybe learned something new. You'll give this album a listen. And I'm so excited to see the concert. I know it's going to be an emotional roller coaster and a spiritual experience. And I'm sure I'm going to cry and we're all going to have fun together and also go through it together. And I'm just really excited. I'm so grateful for these guys and and their songs that they are brave enough to put out in the world because it's not easy and these are very vulnerable songs these are these are some of the best written songs we've gotten they're growing up and I'm just really happy that we all get to share this piece of art together so thank you so much for listening and I'll be back next week <laughs>